Right, everybody, welcome back to Wiffle Tiffle, where we waffle about Tiffle, and today we have a special guest. Me? Uh, no, not you. Oh. <laughs> Our special guest today is Sunay, who we've had on the show before. Yes. Welcome um, back. Thank you very much. Last time we had you, which was a couple of months ago. Six months? Yeah, it was quite a while. We spoke about the, the pleasure in being demotivated. Be demotivated. <laughs> demoted. Un- unmoded? Uh, Muted. Demoted from teacher, trainer, and manager to teacher. Okay, so uh, let's, let's recap quickly. Um, Steve, what's your job? My job is a teacher, trainer, and manager, and school owner, and um, I think that's it. University. Oh, a lecturer at university, yes, okay. And you, Troy, what's your job? I'm an uh, adult. An intensive adult program teacher, if that makes sense. No. What, you, what, what does that? I teach really short courses where the students study seven hours a day of English. Oh, oh okay. But they only study for two to five where, months where, at a time. Where do you teach these things? Um, that's for the military. Right. And what else? Uh, I do exams for a large examination syndicate. Who isn't sponsoring us, Who so we're not going to name them. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm a teacher trainer. Okay. Um, what else have I done recently? Um, I'm a business English teacher. All right. Okay. So we've got lots of stuff. things going on. And Sunay, what's your job? I teach grade one. <laughs> and? <laughs> I'm, that's it. Wow. Just, that's it. All right. So, um, now that you've become a grade one teacher. Yes. And you've gone back to your roots, as it were. Yes, I'd say that. Yeah. Okay. Um, how does it feel to have absolutely no power or authority over anyone or anything apart from a bunch of <laughs> five-year-olds? Five, six-year-olds. Yeah, I'm loving it. I can sit back and watch the chaos happen around me and not have to fix anything. But what about when the schedule's all messed up and you look at it and go, yeah, but if I just, if you just do it this way... <laughs> yeah, I've... It's been tricky doing that because I sometimes in the back of my, you know, back of my head, I think, hmm, I wouldn't have done it that way. But it's really nice just to let go and let that scenario or whatever that is work out for itself. However, you are working in a very well-organized international school. So the probability of the kinds of things that you and I, Troy, are used to seeing it's probably minimized. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever been in any school ever where I've gone, everything's perfect. Mm, I also think that Sunay's school only has about 16 students in it, so it's <laughs> it's difficult to get things too wrong. How many kids do you have? It's I have 20. Altogether, we have about almost a little bit over 100 kids. Okay, so, so it is a small school. I mean, Troy, Troy and I, the schools that you and I have worked in, Troy, are 6,000 kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... Think when things go wrong in a school of that size, they, they really do go wrong. Yeah. Um, okay. I think that what happens is even though the the cogs turn well and the policies policies have been set in place, it's the small things do matter a lot more to people. In, so the, in a small school. In a small yeah. school. For so example. For example, 
if the timetable changes, the the repercussions of it are quite intense. Whereas with a really big school, it happens a lot. People just go with the flow. And because it doesn't happen that much, people do tend to... Ah, so you see, problems are a good thing. <laughs> they inure people to problems. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they become immune. Um, all right, I have a question for you as well. Yes. My question uh, relates to the fact that you used to be a teacher trainer. Yes. Okay, so in your in your life as a teacher trainer in those days, um, your job was to be the master teacher and to encourage people to Learn, follow... grow. No, well, to follow good teaching practice. And yes. Okay, so in, in those days, you were at the top of the teaching... TP? TP. Oh, that's a nice way of looking at it. I was yeah. just after the alliteration. <laughs> the top of the, the teaching, teaching TP. Yeah. yeah. Um, now that you're a teacher again, and you've mm. got, what, 25 years of experience? Yes, 22. 22, okay. Yeah. And you're back in the classroom after being the master teacher. Have you found out that you actually don't know everything? Yes, I have. <laughs> so it's, is it that time where you actually get to start growing again? Oh, yeah. I'm growing a lot. And it's really important to have a good support net in the school. And I do have that. I have peer teachers who have been longer in the IB program. And I'm learning a lot about that as well. So we're constantly sharing ideas but I do tend with the the two, how can I say it, the little intricacies and the more workable, um, how can I say, sorry, facets, uh, facets as aspects of teaching. I do have new teachers come and ask questions and come and find out about it. But the big ideas and the creativity that I'm learning a lot about. Give us an example of something that you've learned recently about teaching that you didn't know before. Or even something that you knew, mm -hmm. but forgot you knew. Forgot you knew, forgot or forgot it. how to put it into practice, or what okay, you? yeah. So we follow the inquiry approach, where we get the students to tune in, sort out, and then take it further, and then eventually to take action. And in theory, I understand it, but for them to tune in, you need to find something that will really catch on, that they will be really. En enthusiastic or excited about and that's easy for me but then from there to going into my final assessment where do I work from tuning in for them to get eventually take action sometimes I, I don't know how to take those steps and I went to my, my colleague my grade 2 teacher and I said look here this is my idea how do I get the students to decide by themselves what they want to do to take action and we talked about it, and she was able to give me ideas on taking that next step. So in the inquiry-based approach, mm. you don't have a curriculum of set things that you need to teach? We have units or themes, and they focus on the learner profiles. So we have learner profiles like being risk-taker, being communicative, um, being principled. And those are the big ideas that we work towards. Those are very soft skilly. Is soft um, skills, yes. Very ephemeral too. Yes, it How makes me think of Stuart. I'm, I'm going to. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give you a test on your ability to be <laughs> determined. A risk taker. De de yeah. Determined. We have had Stuart on the show talking yep. about soft skills. We might yes. have to bring him back here to talk about soft 
determinism. <laughs> Soft assessment? Yeah, anyway. Yes. Yeah, keep going. And so we have those big, in, oh, big learner profiles and we usually focus on one or two per unit, which is about six weeks. And then we have the, our line of inquiry. So for example, I'm doing measurement at the moment. My students need to know what types of measurement it, there are in their daily lives what tools they can use and how to use it in their life. So that's my big unit. So they've got to make a question and then answer it for themselves. Yes. So we we do a provocation. I get them thinking about it. And then they have to ask questions and find out. And that's where we work from. Right. So for those of you who can't see Troy, um, <laughs> Troy. <laughs> <laughs> Troy's facial Me? expressions were very interesting. <laughs> Are you a fan of the constructivist approach? In theory or in practice? Both. In theory, yeah, fantastic. Mm. Um, wait, what am I teaching? <laughs> yeah, in, in, student. I mean, I, in a lot of these approaches, I'm a, a huge fan of the principles behind them and the theory and the concept of it. Um, but I, as a teacher, I want to... I want to know, yeah, and what, what exactly is the, the ingredients well, well, here? Yeah, so that's exactly yeah. the problem that you had, right? Yeah, you, you didn't yeah know that was my problem, that how do I get there? How do I make sure that they're learning something? And then how do you assess it at the end? Yes, and how do I assess it? Because we have formative assessments, but summative assessments as well, but they're not necessarily number-based or ABC-based. So it's based on the skills. What, are they colour-based? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, You've been awarded a chartreuse topaz. <laughs> oh, mum, I got chartreuse topaz. Uh, yeah, it's... Um, something else that we focus on is our, our key concepts. So, for example, mine will be systems, it will be um, similarities and differences, and those I would teach directly for them to be able to get to the final assessment. For them to be able to, for example, if I'm teaching systems, they understand systems, I introduce systems. Give me an example of a system. For example, money. Is that a system? Well, it's a system that... Or this, is this in maths? You, you're teaching mathematics? This is all through the whole oh, I see. unit. It's all it's interdisciplinary, so it's all the different subjects are connected. Okay, uh, this leads me yeah. to another question then. Yes. Okay, if you had had this experience before you went into teacher training... Yes. Would it have changed the way that you trained the teachers in those days that you would? Yeah. <laughs> would you? Yes, because I, I didn't really understand how con the constructivist approach worked. The thing that I like the most about it is the students' ownership. It's because they, they feel that they are in control of their learning, even though there are different levels of it. So the first one is just giving them the work up till level four is like, here, go and do it yourself. You do different levels throughout the whole unit and you do it with different things. So how much lesson planning are you putting in? More or less than, I, I know it's not fair to say more mm -hmm. or less than you were before you took this mm -hmm. job, but more or less than you were when you were learning teaching in like the, the first, say, three years into your job. I'm planning more. You're planning more. A lot more because even though my planning isn't as far in advance as it used to be, because I'd almost plan weekly, now it's almost daily because I have to adapt to my students. Okay. So I, if I see, oh, they're really interested at the moment in, 
I've got measurement, but they're all about the life cycle of plants and things like that. That's I could revert that to okay. Let's measure how tall the plants will grow. That I have to take what they're interested in. Okay. And their questions. So this show is called Teffel Waffle, and um, what you're talking about here is interesting. But how does it relate to, or how could it relate to somebody who's teaching in an EFL environment? Because your children are not EFL learners. Some of them are. Some of them are. Some of them are. So how do you adapt all this systems constructivism for an EFL learner who's learning English? Yes. So for example, if um, they have this aspect in our school as well, where our um, other language teachers have to adapt to that. And my EFL students say, okay, I'm lucky because I have a support teacher who comes in, an EAL teacher, and she helps those students. But let's say we're doing, um, with my previous topic, we did, uh, let's say, who we are, okay? And they have to find out about themselves and so on. The EAL teacher will get the students to focus on vocabulary that they have to learn about it and then eventually work on to how are they going to take action on that. So you're teaching the, the big picture and she's yes. teaching the details. What does EAL stand for in this um, context? English as an additional language. And um, how does she do that? Are you teaching and she's teaching or does she take the kids out? Yeah, we have various um, strategies. ways, strategies of doing it. Sometimes she's a co-teacher. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she does pull out. Sometimes, most of the time, I prefer her to do push in because that doesn't take the kids out of the classroom, so they're still involved in the class. So let's say I'm doing a writing task and we're focusing on sequencing and we're introducing sequencing words. Just just, just as a little yeah. insert, this is grade one. This um, is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're writing a, a thesis and uh, we're doing thesis statements. Yeah. So we've introduced sequencing words. When I was in grade one, I was learning how to hold a pencil. <laughs> yeah. Some of my EAL students don't know how to write that well. So she'll sit with them in a small group. She'll have a little whiteboard. They'll tell her what they want to say. She'll help structure the sentences, write it for them, and then they'll transcribe So does this EAL teacher share the same first language that the students have? Or is she no, she doesn't. Mm-hmm. But she's there just to give language support. Yes, language support. Um, and that, that, you said sometimes you co-teach with this teacher. Yes. Does that mean that... Uh, your lesson planning is not just you planning your lessons. You've also got to plan how to integrate your co-teacher into your lessons. Or yes. do you do you get to be the one who says, "Hey, during this bit of the lesson, could you do that thing with those guys?" At the moment, yes, and maybe because I'm a control freak. <laughs> that, I didn't know where I was <laughs> That ends up being that to a certain extent but she sometimes I want because I don't want her to be with the students who need assistance all the time Um, you want them to join in join in sometimes I'd like to be with them as well because I find that if she's with them I tend to lose that contact and the bond I have with them yeah and I'm sure Mm. it gets a bit if if those kids see her as their teacher they're certainly going to pay a lot less attention to you yeah, some, sometimes it happens, but I find the bond so important. So I sometimes take the students, and then she'll help my stronger students who need more advanced okay. support. Um, 
So that was leading to the yes, control freak. The control part. freak part. Well, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you're you're teaching under a system that's uh, obviously it's been dictated to you as the part of the the school's policy. Hmm. Their educational ethos. I don't know what to yeah. call it. But the the in-house mantra of your school is this is the way you teach mm. in this place here. Yes. All right. Are there any aspects of that that you go, yeah, yeah I hear what you're saying, but mm. where you want to go, yeah, but... Yeah, there are there's some room for growth sometimes, sometimes especially with myself. Um, the assessment is really important. And with the constructivist approach, it's sometimes a little bit tricky to know what do I assess? How do I assess it? Because it's you have to assess each child on their own level, yeah. and that takes up a lot of time. It takes some some creativity. And sense. do you look at that sometimes and go, you know, if you just did it this way instead? Yeah, but then I use my own way. We've, we're given a lot of autonomy. Okay. And that I'm is. lucky being a grade one teacher because I have to have the fundamentals down. And that was kind of where I was leading. Yeah. Was the how much autonomy? A lot of autonomy. And does that autonomy go further than just uh, the how are you going to do it? Do you get autonomy into the what are you going to do? I am given the theme. Yeah. I'm given the lines of inquiry. I'm given the skills that they need to do um, and the concepts and then how I go about it is up to myself and the specialist teachers. So we collaborate once a week and we decide. Okay. Are, are, is there only one grade one class? There's only one grade one class. So you don't have to cooperate with another... Or coordinate no, your coordinate. content. Yeah. I'd actually prefer to collaborate with another teacher, especially because I'm new to IB. I love to have someone who has experience doing it who'd give me some more oh, ideas. Oh, wait, we didn't define IB. What's IB? IB, Steve. You're too old, but... International no. Baccalaureate. <laughs> yes. Which is an inquiry-based curriculum. Inquiry-based. Used only with the top, most expensive hoity-toity schools that are out there. <laughs> right? Uh, well, yeah, it's internationally. <laughs> well, call a spade a spade. Yeah, internationally recognized schools uh, as opposed to normal schools which are not internationally yeah. recognized so when like you go to germany they go now that doesn't look like a school to me it looks like a ice cream parlor <laughs> <laughs> yes. all right so um i have a question which is off this topic that mm. you guys are on um would you ever go back to management and the training world that you're in? Oh, I was asked Ooh. this last week. Uh, can you break oh. that question down into parts? Let's say, uh, okay. would you go back to training? Let's yes, I'd go back to training. But I'd, I am still not in uh, the zone of going back into management and admin. You yeah. wouldn't go back into management? Okay. No. What, what do you miss about training that you, that you would, that draws you back? The, I enjoy sharing ideas and getting excited about it with other teachers okay yeah and, and new Especially teachers new teachers yeah new teachers tend to yeah. be sometimes the most annoying because they're just not as interested as you think that they should be yeah but the new teachers who are interested are so interested and everything's so new that they're constantly going ooh, ooh, ooh tell me more yeah. ooh, ooh, ooh. we broke up into plc groups um teacher um 
development groups yep. um, this past semester. And we were in the training, or the literacy part of it. And I found that I ended up being, the, by default, the... The, the facilitator okay. of the <laughs> of the group, and it was interesting how the the feedback that we got that they learned a lot from me, and I find that by default people do come to ask me questions. Because it's quite just often. your default so you can take personality. Take the trainer out of the training room, but you can't take the what? What is it? You Where are you going? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't take the training room out of the school. <laughs> out of the trainer. You can't. You can take the trainer into a staff room and ask them to train when they're teaching, but you can't get on a train that's going more than the speed of light. <laughs> Troy, Troy loves it when I make these kind of weird comments because he can really yeah. pick them apart and have a fun. Pulverize with. your metaphor, or or sacrifice well, your syllogy. In, in my defense, <laughs> I never had soft skills training when I was in grade one from a ah. trained IB specialist. You know, mm. I was just taught stuff. Mm. Okay. But all good teachers teach IB, isn't it? With the soft skills. Um, if you're a good teacher, you teach them to share. You teach them to try new things. You teach them to be principled in the classroom. So these these things are taught by good teachers it's just that they're focused on now and they're part so of the it's, curriculum it's much more overt in mm -hmm. a system like this yeah all right so i have to then ask the other side of steve's question which was what do you not miss about the management admin side of things oh crisis management is it the the hr side of it yeah. or the logistics side that's the hr side yeah. the it's hard working with teachers and telling them what to do and I have the most utmost respect for any manager who has to do that okay. and yeah it's hard <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd, I'd enjoy going back I, to the that thing, the thing is that um, I find working with manager, working with teachers is fun because every day is so different mm. when I look at a teacher teaching in a classroom um, you wonder how can you do how that can for you a do whole that every year? day? It's the same room, day in and day out, with the same bunch of kids. I, I don't know if I could go back to. I don't know if I could go back to teaching that kind of. Now that I've been in management for as long as I have, um, the the idea of just being locked in a room with the same thirty kids for ten months of the year, I think would would drive me a little bit batty. Uh, I I'm not worried about the being driven batty part. I I worry about my stamina i guess i think you know at, at like four months in i'd be going um uh no, yeah I, i've done all the good stuff <laughs> no 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 but if your curriculum says that you have to teach them how to share then that gives you something meaningful to to yeah. work on yeah yeah but i've i've done all my really shiny exciting things and and but you see that's the problem with being a, a substitute teacher or just jumping into the classroom every yeah. now and again you, you have a bag of tricks that you you pull out and, and they all work mm. really well and they all work really well but being a teacher in the classroom every day means you have to keep moving forward yes. right yeah your bag of tricks are done by the end of the week the first week and yep. i was like oh my goodness now i'm going to have to develop as a teacher and I have to be creative. I'm constantly finding new things, new games for them to play. Sometimes I give them a board or I give them some cards and I say, make up your own game. And that's, I think that's the magic, is that seeing the students develop in the beginning, they couldn't do stations. 
Now I say, I've got uh, station managers, I say, station managers, can you set up these games for me? They go into the shelves, they set up the games, they organize the whole class. And then I stand back and I go, oh my goodness, look how so far you still they've come. So you still are managing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. All right, so um, last question, because yes. we're running out of time. Yeah. As a, as a, given this experience that you've just had, would you recommend that trainers leap back into the classroom for a couple of years every now and again to... Absolutely, yes. Even if you're a manager, you still have to have, not just substitute uh, teaching, but you need to have your own class because as a substitute teacher, it's almost like cheating, I, I find. Yeah. That <laughs> you don't have to really follow what the teacher's written on the on the lesson plan. You can do your own thing. If it doesn't go well, there's no well, consequences, there's no consequences that, to it. Whereas if you have your own class, that's yours. You build a bond with the students, which is just amazing. And you can get so much more out of the kids. And you can have that as a demonstration or an example class. Say, come on in, come and have a look. Yeah, I must say that uh, a few years ago, a year ago, not so long ago, mm. I did uh, a day a week in a high school. And I did that for a year. And after the second week of that, I was already starting to go, ooh, I better figure out a better way to do that. Ooh, I can try out this thing. Ooh, that thing that I did didn't work. I better mm. fix that. And yeah. just, just going back into having to have some sort of, uh, I don't want to say responsibility, because there's, there's definitely responsibility in training, but some sort of longevity to mm. your lesson planning that's not something that you already know how to do back to front, inside yeah. out and upside down, You're and being, being forced to yeah. develop is, is great. Well, tonight, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much. Out of your busy grade one schedule. <laughs> uh, it's time for a, for a word from our scope sponsors. Today's sponsor is Speech Therapy. Today's sponsor really is Lego. Lego is a really good constructivist learning tool. Mm -hmm. um, it's very useful in the, in the primary school classroom. It really is. You can use it for maths and for reading and for... Yeah, because it comes things. in different colors. Yes, yes. it does. It mm -hmm. And they're really, really good for upsetting people with no shoes on. Wow. for is proudly brought to you by the non-stop buffalos, Troy and Steve. For any questions, comments, complaints, or queries, you can email tefalwafall at gmail.com or visit www.tefalwafall.com.